hello, our sweet, sweet listeners. Hello and welcome. Hello and our greatest of warmest welcomes to FOH, a service industry podcast. I'm Kelly Sullivan. Wow. I'm Lillian Devane. Wow. <laughs> wow, indeed. <laughs> and this is a podcast that we do every week, rain or shine, whether you want us to or not. And it's about the service industry. It is. Usually. Sometimes. <laughs> um, we both have attention problems, so sometimes we go off the rails. Off the script. Off the damn script. But I was telling someone yesterday, my mom always used to claim that um, if you couldn't sleep lying like prone with your eyes closed was 70% as restful as sleep. <laughs> and they were like, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. And I was like, well, she had three children with severe ADHD, so she had to... <laughs> lie a little bit um kind of to get through just get through the night yeah <laughs> just like please just go lie down that's 70 percent is restful <laughs> i don't even know it's cle- so clearly made up well she is a doctor so yeah mm. pseudoscience <laughs> pseudoscience um oh man this is where i reveal my mom is like a doctor of like immunology <laughs> practicing on patients like dr kevorkian or whatever <laughs> she's fucking Fucking, what was it called? Hale-bop comet or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, my mom's a licensed MD. Okay, for thanks. For the listeners. Um, Board certified. Great. I can sleep. I'll sleep easy tonight. <laughs> right. that, That'll be 100%. That's 100% rest for old Devane, knowing your mom's board certified. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm. man. Um, let's do some service stories. Yeah, let's. Shall we? I feel so tired, but it, like, it makes me... I feel like I have radio voice right now. Oh. Because I'm like, okay, because I'm just... Right, you're a little gravelly. You're a little Um, lower register. What are our service stories? Do you want me to go? Do you want... You you go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. 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 Bold choice. Bold choice. Okay. Um, My my service story, I worked a lot this week. Um, I think the first night I worked, it was pretty chill. Um... We were all having a nice time. Service has been kind of nice lately. Like, it's chilled out a little bit. Work hasn't been so hateful, mm-hmm. which is a nice change. Sure. Um, that's the reason for the season. That's the reason for the season. Everyone says, we're going to stop being complete assholes to each other for just a few weeks. Right. Um, so I'm working behind the bar, and this guy comes in. I have to be kind of careful about how I tell this story. This guy came in and was immediately like pretty coldly. Like I was like, Hey, how's it going? And he was like, yeah, I'm waiting for somebody. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's okay. Like, you know, people get weird. I'm like, yeah, that's, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know? Anyways, he was very standoffish. I gave him a water, whatever menu. And then I walked away and I was like, Oh fuck. I was like, I know that guy. What's more is that guy fucking relentlessly DM'd and texted me for months with no response from me after I told him I wasn't interested. He's like in the wine world, et cetera. And I was Mm -hmm. like, God damn it. I was like, fuck, because now he's at the bar. Either he doesn't remember, which is impossible. Not possible, right? He might say, oh, he might say that. Okay, so I was like, And I had this, like, it was a feeling I haven't had in a long time just because I'm not usually, you know, I'm, like, not of an age that I often have, like, 
awkward encounters. Like I just, I haven't been dating in New York city. Like that's not how it goes for me. So I was like, fuck. But I had this like pit in my stomach where I was like, I can't serve this guy. You know, I was just like, I don't want to. And so I like go up to my manager and I was like, Hey, and uh, I was like, Hey, you know, like I just, I can't serve this guy. We had a weird thing. It's like not a big deal. I just like, don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And she like knows him and I was like, which made it even like weirder. And then another, his friend came in and like, she was really good friends with like everyone at the restaurant. I was like, cool. So now I also kind of look like a dick. Right. Right. And everyone's like, Oh, like he's a nice guy. I'm like, yeah, it's not that he's not, it's not like he like did anything bad. It's just like a little over the line from what I'm comfortable, like smoothing over in a service situation. Right. Do you know what I mean? If like we'd had like some kind of flirtation, I'd be like, "Oh my god, how are you?" But it was not that. It, it was one-sided, one-sided pursuit that was like went over the line for me. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm freaked out. Also, there's no one else at the bar, and the restaurant isn't that busy, so it's just so obvious that I'm like not serving him because like my manager's just doing it so much so, and it was like really sweet because like the chef like brought out all of their food and like everyone just like kind of pulled together. So I didn't have to have any interaction with him, which was like very sweet. Yeah. Um, but then like halfway through, so I'm completely ignoring, like I'm like being nice, like setting them up briefly, but like I'm not engaging with them at all. And then halfway through, he's like, Hey, don't, I'm like, why would you acknowledge me after I've made it abundantly clear that we are playing the game that we don't know each other? Right? Of course. Like, that's the established... Do you know what I mean? It's also, like... Even if, for, like, a moment, he was like, who is this person? How do I know them? Like, there's no way that he doesn't know... You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that he's, like, forgotten. No. It was this year. Yeah. So, anyways, I was like, how dare you? Also, if you see me... Wouldn't, I just don't understand. Like, wouldn't you be like, you know what? Like, actually, I think I'm going to get a table or like, let's go somewhere else. It wasn't that big of a deal, but it's also like, I'm right. It's not like he needs to come up to you and be like, listen, I'm so sorry. But it's like, just make the situation easier for everyone. Yeah. And it's also like, I don't have a choice. You have the choice. Yeah. Why would you make the choice to sit fucking half a foot away from me for three fucking hours? It sucked. And then halfway through, be like, oh, wait a second. I'm like, dude, just don't leave me alone. It was so annoying. Isn't that shitty? Yes. Men are so dumb. I hate that. Like, what? I just, like, don't get what the advantage is. Like, why? For your pride that you stay at the bar face to face? Also, what is the point of pretending that you don't remember? Like... It's not, again, it's not that he needs to, like, grovel or, no. like, apologize. But it's, like, even him just being, like, hey, how are you? Yes. In the beginning of the meal. Yeah. A solemn, hey, how are you? <laughs> is more appropriate than, like, oh, wait a second. Like, sorry, I got in a car accident earlier. I have <laughs> amnesia. My twin brother is a really crazy guy. I don't know if you have had any interactions with him, but from what I've heard, it's really, it's really dicey stuff. Anyways, the moral of the story is just fucking walk away. I don't know. Just like, yeah, it's fine. We're all adults. We can be like, I choose not to do this. 
Yeah. You, you don't have to. There's no, there's no, you just don't have to. Just don't do it. Especially if somebody's at their job. Like, that's a thing. It's, like, not a social interaction at a party. It's, like, I'm working. Yeah. I don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You have the choice. Also, just go move to a table. Move to a table. Move to a table. It's not weird if you say, I'm at the bar, I'm waiting. Actually, we're going to move to a table. That's not weird. That's graceful. Just get out. Yeah. Anyways, it sucked. It lasted all night. It sucked. I'm sorry. It's okay. Anyways. Hmm. Hmm. What's your service story? Mine was also something that happened when I was bartending, but it's not as involved. It just is someone that I sort of peripherally know sat down at the bar and I was like, hey, how are you? You know, whatever. And they like looked at me and were like, hey, is it your birthday today? (laughs) And I was like, um, no. And they were like, but, uh, you're a Sagittarius, right? And I was like, no. (laughs) And they were like, and then later they were like, you're, you're a comedian. I was like, what? No. And they're like actor. I was like, no. "No." And I just, There's a misinformation campaign. No, I just, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I get it. Like, it's not like I don't have a podcast. I get it that people are like, oh, she's like in this. But it's like not the first time that people are like, you're a comedian. And I'm like, I'm objectively not a comedian. I wouldn't be friends with you if you were a comedian. Obviously. I wouldn't. (laughs) I would have killed myself. (laughs) As we all should as comedians. Yeah. Um. No, what is one of the many things that's so great about you is that you are so funny and like so smart and quick and like obviously everyone who listens to this podcast knows that, but you're not a comedian, which makes you so much better. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the ideal and nobody should become a comedian and no no one should be encouraged because it's not a good thing to do. It makes you less funny. Also, I was like, um... No, I'm not. I just, also, you're like, just, like, so not an actor. Like, Yeah, it's like, so... I was, like, um, I have nothing to, like... It's also... It's just one of those, like, uncomfortable things to be, like... Both of those things I was, like... I... There's... It, there's kind of no way to respond to that without sounding, like, a little bit rude because you just have to flatly say no. Yeah, there's no, like, oh, well, I kind of do you know, this like, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's, like, I was, like, it's just not my birthday. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> It wasn't even recently. <laughs> yeah. Like it was months ago. And then like being an actor comedian, I was like, no, I, I've, I've literally, I've never even been in like high school production. None of it. You're so like, you might be thinking of Lillian Devane. <laughs> oh, Lillian Devane. We get confused a lot. Nope. <laughs> so like, you might be thinking of Lillian Devane's understudy from high school. Who's actually on NBC's a million little things. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you bring up my understudy who is now famous. No, she's very lovely. Um, I pretend to have an extreme vendetta against this woman who is in like a few sitcoms because she was my understudy in our town. God, hilarious. What do you call that? Like, what our town? It's all like, what do you call that when it's like you do like your space work or something? Like, it's not. Um, you don't have object object work. It's object work. I don't remember. Anyway, hers was lacking. Whatever it is. Yeah, I shelled those green beans like you wouldn't believe. You could practically see them. (laughs) 
<laughs> cracking an egg, making the breakfast. Um, sorry, no, she was my space work. Um, maybe did I ever say that? Space ball, yes. Space Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> how do my darkest secrets always come out on this podcast? Oh my Kelly. god! <laughs> I'm like, hmm, don't know. <laughs> Um, all right. What are we talking about? We're talking today? about um, an article that appeared in the New York Times a couple months ago that I thought was interesting. I also remembered it being I was like sent it to Lily and I was like a nice long read and then I reread it and I was <laughs> like, like not, not long. long. I was like, all right, I'm gonna settle in and then I was like, oh, it's not long. It just still took me like two times to read it because I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, this was published in April of 2018. Okay. So a few months ago. <laughs> it's called How the Kiwi Changed New York's Food Scene. And by... we're not talking about Australians. Mm-mm. Oh, no. It's by Ligaya Michan. Talking about the 80s. Yes. Free trade. Reagan. It's got it all, baby. It's got it all. It's pretty interesting. Um, it's talking about, like, quote-unquote exotic to us uh, mm-hmm. foods uh, kind of appearing for the first time in uh, restaurants, in everyone's sort of everyday life, um, and then how that kind of – the reasons behind that. It's very interesting. Yeah, um, for sure. It is also – I did a little research of – the most popular foods and dishes from the seventies and the eighties. And it's very weird. You just, oh. you don't think about, um, you just don't think about it. Cause you're like, okay, everyone's always sort of eaten this way is sort of, I mean, you know, like one doesn't often think about no, recently, um, uh, a line cook that I work with was like, garlic has gotten more popular in the past, like 10 years. And I was like, how is that possible that I was like, garlic right. is just pop. Like that just is a thing. Yeah. Garlic and onions isn't everything. And then he like pulled up a thing and it was like sales of garlic have increased by like 20% over the lot. And I was like, that is so interesting. That to is me. really interesting. Like something as simple as garlic. Yes. That is literally in everything. Yes. Well, food really started becoming a thing in popular culture in the seventies and Exploded in the 80s. Yeah. Lots of uh, movie references like uh, American Psycho and... Mm-hmm. When uh, Harry Met Sally. Baby Boom. All of yeah. those, like the yuppie culture, which is kind of yes. what this is focusing on. But the 70s, I just want to quickly say, because I was like, what, what are the... Take it back. What are the differences and how does... What does it look like, you know, decade by decade? Um, I don't have the list in front of me, but I it's seared in my mind. <laughs> 70s popular dishes were the quiche... Oh, love a quiche. Quiche was huge in the 70s. Yeah. Okay. Um, pineapple chicken was okay. big. It was a big resurgence in like Hawaiian culture in the sure, 70s. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, carrot cake. Yummy. Weird. Because it's fake healthy. Right. Right. And then the big one, which I thought was so funny, is uh, pasta primavera invented in the 70s. And was the dish of what Manhattan. Is, what exactly is pasta primavera? Pasta primavera is like pasta with a cream sauce and vegetables. Oh, okay. So that was like the dish. That was like the hot dish. Uh, I think it was at like Le Cirque or something like that. And then, and then that was the joke dish of the eighties, which I, just, right. I love that kind of stuff. Where everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, what is it? Pasta primavera?" You know what I mean? Which I like. I, love that. Yeah. And then in. Um, 
when Harry met Sally, that scene where they're on that the wrong date, you know? Yeah. When they're on the with yeah. each other, the wrong and couple. And he says pesto is the quiche of the eighties. And she's like, You wrote that. And it's so funny <laughs> yeah. because that is like great. Also, I'm a huge Nora Ephron person. Sure. And something that she does is if she like likes a line, she'll use it in multiple works, which is very funny that to me. That is funny. Um, and she uh some of the lines from that specific dinner she has in her book Heartburn, which is about her divorce to Carl Bernstein. Right. And um, it was very funny to me to imagine, because I've talked to Lillian about this and probably not on this podcast, but I find Carl Bernstein to be so insufferable. I know. And not in the least because I've been reading Heartburn probably annually since I was <laughs> mm, 15. I really love that about you. <laughs> and, and so I'm like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> And then now that's he's why like, you hate Carl Bernstein yes. so much. I'm like, I get it. He's kind of, you know, sure. And I'm like, where does this hatred of Carl Bernstein come from? That's what it is. Yes. You freak. Yes. I'm I was like, like yeah, wrong. I mean, I could see why he'd be, you know, God, that is. Because we were watching the, the Esquire documentary that we did, or whatever it's Inquire. called. National Enquirer that we were talking about. And I was like, oh, he come on the screen. I was like, no, no. <laughs> Getting so mad. It's like, okay. Um... You know, that's, but it's very funny to me to imagine this like coastal, like DC, New York elite being like, you know, restaurants in the eighties are what theater was for people in the seventies Yeah, and everyone being like, oh. <laughs> I know it's Love. so funny when, when restaurants became a social status thing, yes. whereas they never had been, I mean, they ha- obviously like businessmen go to steakhouses, whatever, whatever that had been a thing, but yeah. this was a different, where like just wealthy people use that as a, as a, you know, a signifier. Yeah. Whatever, which it's, in a way that had not been happening before. It's such a different thing. I mean, and a huge part of it is what she's talking about in this article, like the diversity of, a, of ingredients that suddenly like comes into the U S right. So whereas before, um, people had just been, I don't know, regular salads, Right. <laughs> Regular old salads. Regular old you get salads. your iceberg lettuce. Get your iceberg lettuce. And then all of a sudden there's this like, I guess it was just expensive imports, right? Like she yeah. was saying like Kiwis came in, it's centered on the Kiwi and then kind of expands out, but came into uh, the U.S. I think in the 50s or 60s, but because of like, you know, fake communism fears, everyone was like, we're not having this. it was called the Chinese gooseberry. Right, right. And everyone was like, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. Um, but then it was really interesting because I just didn't realize that the kiwi was such a thing because then it was like, by 1983, it was stocked in every supermarket and featured in recipes on the back of cake mix boxes. The New York Times declared it passe. Like, it's so funny to me. I do remember when I was a little kid that kiwis were in grocery stores in a way that I don't think is like common now. That's true. That it's not like it's, and it's not like when you see a kiwi, you're like, Hmm, a kiwi, but it's like, you would never like be like, I must buy this kiwi. But I remember it always being in the grocery store when I was little. In my mind, I guess that makes sense. Timeline wise in the nineties, it was such a, um, obviously fake flavor, but it was such a, a flavor yes. in everything like bubble gum, like, Capri Sun, like all that stuff had oh, kiwi yeah. in it. And now Nantucket that's, Nectars. Yes. The, the strawberry, strawberry kiwi. kiwi. Mm. Huge. Huge for us. Huge for us. Yeah. And that's not the case anymore. 
that style of drink, like the Snapple Nantucket Nectar, like fake juice, glass bottle. Very weird time. Very weird time. And I used to drink, also like, don't give that to kids. That's like so much sugar. Dude, I would have a surge cola after you would buy them they had like vendors outside of like my middle school so my mom would never i would get like surge and shock tarts at like 3 p.m after school get on the fucking school bus and just like rage my way home (laughs) (laughs) my mom's like what happened to you (laughs) like spiraling in our fucking rental home (laughs) on a anyways Central Florida. Um, I'm like, give me the BB gun now. (laughs) (laughs) Which I did have and played with often, but. um, Of course, who didn't? Anyways, okay. Back to the subject. Back to the lecture at hand. The lecture at hand. But I thought this is what really stuck out to me is that she says, exhausted by two decades of social agitation and the financial crisis of the 70s, which had gutted not only the city's safety net of public services, but the liberal ideals that supported them. Mm -hmm. This turn inward, away from public life to private, was due in part to the economic boom presided over by Ronald Reagan. People finally had the money to splurge on radicchio flown in from Italy and creme fraiche from France. What had been political choices became personal luxuries. The revolution was here and it was salad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved that. No, that was a really, yeah, that's really great. It's good writing. It's good writing. Um, there's a lot to look at. I think also I was thinking a little bit about like the age timeline. So this is when baby boomers. So like when the seventies happened, the baby boomers were maybe like young parents and they mm-hmm. were still the the culinary scene was both like health food and political. And then they also were like really young. And then they, as that generation got a little bit older and more wealthy, then they had this like new world expansion. And then cuisine changed for so many different reasons. It's just so fascinating. Totally. Unfortunately to center it on baby boomers, but that's that's what it it is. We can't help it. I mean, I more than anything, wish I was one. I'm not even kidding. Cause just to lead that stupid ass life where you got everything you ever wanted. I mean, most of them also baby boomers have this specific timeline because I think you can be, you're a young parent who's if not poor, like lower middle class in the seventies, you boycott the grapes, you do the right thing. And then by the eighties, like you are able to change class status in a different way. Then by the eighties, you have a little bit more money. Mm -hmm. Your kids are maybe out of the house (laughs) and you're like, I did the right thing for 20 fucking years. Now I'm going to buy pesto. Guess what? (laughs) I'm getting pesto. I'm voting for Reagan. You know what was the other thing is that pasta salad was huge in the (laughs) eighties. Every fucking thing I read was about pasta salad. I was um, Jacqueline Novick has this as a bit, but it's really true that she's like, remember when pasta was the healthy choice? Yeah. And it's true that for a long time, pasta was seen as a healthy choice because people were really anti like cholesterol. No and one wanted meat. to eat fat. No yeah. one wanted fat. Like red meat was a big no, no. Also, I read this thing. I went down some dark holes with this, but <laughs> I read a thing that was like a person with the same, uh, age and weight and everything. I read that article Did too. Did you read that too? That back in like the eighties, they would have weighed, they had like 2.5 points lower on the BMI chart. Like now we're just chock full of like antibiotics and chemicals and yeah, our bodies it was have like, fundamentally changed you since can, the eighties. It was like, you can eat the same number of calories, exercise the same amount, yep. like literally every factor is controlled yep. for and you still weigh more now. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. I read that article too. I was like, okay, so it's not just me. Everyone was just like, more easily tiny back then it's fucked up 
It's fucked up. I'm not going to take <laughs> it anymore. Like, and I'm voting for Bernie Sanders because I want him to bring back, you know, the food that makes you, I don't know, shit yourself or whatever, whatever they were doing. They were smoking cigarettes and eating half. I'm also like, how do people just eat less back then? They just weren't socialized to just like be constantly full all the time. It's, it's interesting, right? I don't yeah, get what it. Is it? Cause what like, is they're it? like, people just ate smaller portions. I'm like, but how, but how, because it's not just like everyone knows about portion control, but it's like, I mean, if you eat like technically the correct portions, often you are like, I'm hungry, hungry. <laughs> hungry. I mean, I guess people did smoke and probably did more speed. That's for sure. True. Yeah. Coke, obviously. Coke, obviously. It is when, like, Ritalin was, like, first introduced. All your kids are hopped up In the 80s? Uh, 70s, right? Well, they had those, like, you know, mother's little helpers, but... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Reagan in... Not President Reagan, but Reagan in... um, What's that? Exorcist? In The Exorcist gets prescribed to Ritalin. That's a good... That's a good deep cut. Thank you. (laughs) Um... But anyways, so yeah, it is interesting to think. And then they were saying that the the white flight of the 60s and 70s made all of those people leave. And then what New York got in the 80s was like so many people from, yeah. from like Mexico, from like all everywhere, so many immigrants. And then that's what like made us a good city. <laughs> like that's where we got all of the cool food that everyone is just like, oh yeah, I can just like go get shawarma. I can go get whatever, like everywhere. Bodegas everywhere just has like awesome food. Yeah. And that's what happened. It's like, it's so bonkers that it was that recent to me. No, it's really crazy. It's like, I think that it's so easy because obviously like we're young people in New York, like, like a lot of our friends and this is not just like us, but like for young people in New York, you're like, everyone is just like constantly like moving in and out of the city. That's like what it is. But it's like the history of New York is so it turns over so Mm -hmm. quickly and people forget about like the burning of the Bronx. And and they talk about that, that this guy like built this herb garden in like a burned out lot in the Bronx. He was from the Bronx. Yeah. And then that became like the herb supplier for like Le Cirque. And like, I don't know. I think it's just, it's an interesting, like it's so easy to not be in touch with the history of the city when you're here. Totally. And now there's like that, um, what's the farm called? The Brownsville farm that does that. They also supply a lot of produce to a lot of places where we work. Yeah. Um, and it's like a new thing. I mean, it's a very cool program, but you're like, oh, that has happened before. And it's like so easy to forget that, I mean, the 80s were a fucking horrific time, but it seems like a small light in a in a dark room. Right. And then that's what like the author kind of turns to and, and she's like kind of ends on the note of like free trade was here mm-hmm. and you could see it on the streets of New York. And of course, like if there's anything that we know, it's like free trade agreements like NAFTA totally fucking that's why we're in the situation that we're in now totally ended up fucking new york yeah fucking this country fucking all of latin america (laughs) every which way but up is that the saying Hmm. every which way but loose sorry um wow i've never heard that it fucked it every which way, but no, loose. not fucked is like it's just this not fucked every which way, but but every which way but loose. I think is a movie. Oh, I just okay. say it a lot in my daily life. Don't even know if I'm quoting it correctly. It would be funny if you said I fucked her every which way but loose. It's sort of like an anti incel, right? You know, yeah, she's intact. 
If she's intact. <laughs> that pussy, still tight. <laughs> um... Anyways, yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway. Um, 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 no, I was just looking at this article and seeing if we missed anything that I wanted to say. Um, I also love that, like, it is funny to be like, and then white chocolate mousse was a thing. All of these disgusting fucking things that came out of that and have died down, which, you know, thank God. Yeah, it's it's also interesting to read this and then kind of, like, understand see it from the perspective of like being in not new york in the 90s and see how it like trickles down yeah extremely to like to florida and to chicago and like like white chocolate mousse is my favorite tcby flavor (laughs) i mean country's best yogurt waffle cone this country's Uh best yogurt Uh oh hell yeah yeah i remember when there was a tcby in my fucking loved that shit yeah i'll go there with my my dad on our divorced dates you know of course gotta go get ice cream to win over the kiddos yeah you know oh yeah it all worked it all worked just kidding it doesn't work okay um it doesn't work but what else are you supposed to do (laughs) you know what i mean like i see my kid for a couple hours gotta make the most of it right sugar sugar surge just so many surge colas. Surge cola. You get cable. <laughs> Their mom doesn't have cable. I got moon shoes for Christmas. My mom was like, what the fuck are those? I was like, hmm? Dad knows. Dad knows what they are. Dad knows. Dad knows what they are. Also, Super Nintendo, mom. The thing you did not want at all ever in your house. Guess what, sister? Wow, you had a Super Nintendo. I hauled that thing back and forth every other weekend. I was like, like I'm like... not going anywhere without this Super Nintendo. Wow. Yeah, I would. my parents would come home, and I would just be like, I would literally be stripped down to my underwear, sweating, just playing Donkey Kong for, like, hours. Sweating from the heat or the I was just pressure? so intense. Yeah, I yeah. was like, I'm going to beat this minecart level, and I was just like, Ugh, like, just would go nuts. Mm. So... Mm. Interesting. Okay. Jotting that Portrait of a (laughs) tortured child. (laughs) Left alone in the house at nine years old. Oh, my God. Anyways. Okay. Okay. Back back to Le Cirque. Um, Back to Le Cirque. What do we have to say? What else? Um, Yeah, I just think luxury is a really... I mean, we we talked about it on this podcast before, but luxury is just such an interesting... Mm thing and what we think of as personal luxuries and the, the choices behind them yeah no dictated for us <laughs> i mean the not to be like annoying but it it actually like the history of like the culinary scene is that's why we have this podcast it's so interesting it's because so interesting. it it's a river that flows directly along all of these different issues and like is such a reflection of of so many different other yeah things that it's just it is fascinating and like i i was reading another article about the opening of this restaurant jam in in new york sure. and just the description of the culture of that time is just like so wild and i'm always like would I would I have liked to be in that environment when it was like nuts, like before celebrity chefs, but on its way, yeah. like complete buzz, crazy new restaurant, expensive yuppies, Manhattan. Like, would that have been fun and exciting, or would it have been a fucking nightmare? And it probably would have been a fucking nightmare. Yeah, but I think it would have been interesting to see the like yuppieification of culture, sure, on um up close and personal. 
I love, yeah, it's funny to see food as jokes in the 80s because now that's that's in every show and everything. Every, yeah. To show somebody being an idiot. Oh, yeah. They talk about food in, like, an annoying way. They talk about food in an annoying way. Either they're pretentious or they, like, want to get those, like, shakes with all the stuff on them. Right, To show right. they're stupid. stupid. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's been here, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's funny now to, like... Also, just very jealous that, like, their, like, rich person culture of food was, like, getting new and exciting fruits that no one had (laughs) ever seen before. And our, like, rich person culture of food is, like, the same. It's, like, a return to form. And so it's all, like, you know, it is, like, foie gras. And it is all this, like, gross stuff. Yeah. I wish we could get new fruits yeah somebody invent one Ugh, you know forget about cancer forget it cure my boredom cure my boredom with a new fruit please (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if we haven't cured cancer yet it's not gonna happen 10 habitable years of the earth left you think you're gonna get cancer i mean they probably have but big pharma's like that's a no from us you can't cure it I can't decide if I think that they have the cure for cancer or not. Yeah, I mean, they probably don't. I think it's like, I think that, like, the big thing is, is it's like cancer is, is, it's that pharma is telling us that they could have the cure for cancer is, I think, the big, Mm, that's the big mm -hmm, conspiracy. It's like big pharma being like, yeah, we can cure death for you. It's like, no, but they're never going to admit that they can't. You just got to go down to South America and get that psychic surgery. Or go to the Philippines. They really do something there. <laughs> they you know? really... You're gonna feel okay. better. You're okay. Just, I know it sounds crazy. Trust me on this. You go down but there. I had a friend. Okay, his cousin. No cuts. They don't even cut you open. They, they don't just... even cut you open. <laughs> Reiki? You heard of this? Reiki? Yeah. No, Reiki's real, but... Okay. Closing the book on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not as in it's like, we'll cure you, but... Reiki? No, I'm not <laughs> saying it will cure your cancer. I'm just saying it's like an actual practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas psychic surgery is like a guy with chicken parts in his hand that pretends to pull them out of your body. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. you know, slightly diff. Slightly diff. Sure, I know. Reiki Maybe a like similar ancient, outcome, but... <laughs> ancient body work practice that some people, my GM included, believe Jesus practiced Reiki healing. <sighs> Brooklyn, you know? <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn, what did I come up with next? <laughs> they weren't talking about that, Alyssa Cirque in the 80s. <laughs> oh my God. When my manager did say that, I was like, and so, okay. <laughs> Jesus, Reiki healer, you are also a Reiki healer. Okay. Got it. <laughs> the parallels are striking. <laughs> I was like, so I'm just going to polish some wine glasses. Uh, <laughs> 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 gotta My go god everyone is so insane i know um great well um this was fun yeah read that article read that article i'll post a uh, pic of it send us your thoughts um also yeah if you'd like to be um you know maybe for the holidays you want to give someone a patreon subscription <laughs> sure can you imagine um, or maybe just like find my dad's address and write him a letter asking him why he depledged would be a fun gift for me. Yeah, that would be um, fun. 
but yeah anyways um we do so appreciate you all and thank we'll you for listening. holiday patreon content out soon yeah soon we'll have some fun stuff it'll be fun we always do a fun newsletter and we do fun new episodes where we just completely go off the rails which is very fun for us <laughs> even more so than even more so than an everyday episode if you can imagine <laughs> such a thing um but yes thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you soon we love you bye bye bye